0: But right now, let's get an update from Dr. Bernice Shafarik from Shafarik Dental on Route 66 East in Columbia, who this month wants to talk about artificial intelligence and dentistry. Bernice, good morning. Those are two phrases I never put in the same sentence before. What's this about?
1: You've never heard those in the same sentence before?
0: Well, I've heard artificial intelligence and I've heard dentistry, but not in the same sentence together.
1: Okay, so I guess you want to tune in to today's show then. I'm listening. So um, you've always been very supportive, Wayne, in complimenting me for finding various topics. And just to give a little background on where this one came from, I have a relative who's a young man who's doing a doctoral doctorate in um, engineering, and his thesis and what he's working on is artificial intelligence in um, the automobile industry. And when he mentioned it to me, I started thinking, wow, you know, I have a lot of sort of, I think we all have some emotional reactions to artificial intelligence. So I asked him to explain a little bit more about his project, and it turns out, oh, okay, well, there's some very reassuring things, like a lot of the safety devices that are now in in, um, automobiles came out of artificial intelligence, meaning machine learning that imitates human thoughts. So they were able to put sensors and things in cars and realize you know, that you can, for example, put a device in there that warns you when you're getting too close to the yellow line. So that has the potential to really help and save human lives. And um, do you have those sort of emotional reactions when you hear the term artificial intelligence?
0: Well, I never really gave the thought about uh, when the thing beeps at me to tell me I'm too close to the guy in front of me. That's what it is. But yeah, I've seen I've seen the movie AI, so I have an idea what you're talking about. But I never made the connection to how it affects the world of dentistry.
1: Well, you know, we will get to that, but just in an emotional sense, I think that a lot of us right away have that. Oh no, you know, are they are machines going to rule the world and that's definitely not going to happen, but that means that we just have to harness that technology and keep our ultimate goal in mind. So my ultimate goal is to provide patients with comfortable, healthy, aesthetic smiles and try to make it as predictable as possible. So the thought is then, how can artificial intelligence help me with that? So another um, area, you know, when, whenever the technology changes, you have to start learning something new, which is a great way to keep to keep your mind active. So um, I was also thinking about when I was growing up, my dad owned a lumberyard, and I used to work for him in the summers, and he had this little game he would play of, at the end of the day, on the way over to the bank, he would hand me three pages of deposits and ask me to add those up in my head and he gave me hints about you know rounding and things like that but i realized once i watched how people behave with calculators what that taught me was to looking at a list of numbers to get an idea of approximately what it is and then when you do it on the calculator which is a whole lot faster and more efficient you can actually look at it and say, well, maybe that's not right. So I use that example to reassure myself and my patients and the whole scientific community that that's what we need to remember, not to totally depend on what a machine tells us, but on the other hand, to try to make things a lot more efficient and faster and easier we can utilize artificial intelligence.
0: All right, so give me an idea of how this applies to dentistry. Maybe an example or two.
1: Okay, so one thing um, is dental x-rays. So when I attempt to show a patient something on a dental x-ray, you know, it requires a lot of explanation. And basically, what we're looking at and how we diagnose from a dental x-ray is contrast. So something is darker, grayer, something's whiter, so you can tell there's something different in that area. So for example, enamel is really white on an X ray and decay is dark. So you can identify that area that looks darker. Now that depends on the human eye and the quality of your radiographs and your experience. I mean, there's all sorts of factors that go into how you actually read the X-ray, which is the important part of it. But if we had um, machines, and and we do, that can analyze those contrasts, then we wouldn't have to depend so much on our human eye to try to see those things. And if we had a means for the machine that's reading the X-rays, to cancel out other factors like um, it's a different density on one X-ray than another X-ray. If we could program in the machine to do that, then what the technology has tried to do is then change the color of areas where there is pathology. So when you pulled up the X-ray, the machine could potentially put where the decay is in red, and I wouldn't have to be struggling to show the patient how something's a little grayer or a little darker or a little lighter than another area. So that's one area where it can be helpful. Does that sound interesting to you?
0: Bernice, we were talking about applications of artificial intelligence in dentistry. Give me some more examples of what those would be.
1: So we talked a little bit about um, x-rays, and that's a really useful thing, and Part of it also that's in the literature is to try to create more trust on the part of patients, because I think there's a lot of questioning of scientists, and sometimes rightfully so. So if we have a vehicle where the machine is detecting something, then that might be a little bit easier to accept, or it might be harder. Hard to tell. Um, what do you think, Wayne?
0: I trust the machines. They know more about this stuff than I do, so they say it, I see it.
1: Okay, so I think as we all know from other applications, it partly depends on what um, information you put in there. And the encouraging encouraging thing that is happening is realizing that we have to be really careful with standards and making sure that using a machine to imitate human thought, we have to make sure that we're comparing apples to apples. So the information that you put in there that the machine is using to draw conclusions has to be the same everywhere. So like my example with the x-rays, digital x-rays are different from analog x-rays. Different machines are different. So we have to figure out ways to standardize those things for it to be useful. But another application in dentistry is um, in charting the what people already have in their mouths. So just like in other areas of uh, manufacturing and other things, there are certain tasks that you can get a machine to do that, will free up the time of somebody who could do something more useful and they don't have to waste time on something that's pretty mundane. So, for example, when patients come in, as a new patient, we will chart all of the fillings that they already have, all of the root canals they already have, all of the crowns they already have. So that depends on me looking in their mouths, reading off what surfaces, the filling is on to describe that and then the assistant typing that into the computer so there are areas for where there can be errors in that plus we're sort of reinventing the wheel all the time so when patients go from one dentist to the other we don't get transfer of all of the treatment that's been done partially because there are always HIPAA and privacy concerns that the way that we transfer information has to be really safe so that somebody who shouldn't have access to looking at that information doesn't get to see it. So the reality is most of us are doing it the way I described. If we could just use a, a device to scan and have the computer read what types of crown are in the mouth, what types of fillings, you know, are they the old silver amalgams, are they the composites, and have the machine chart exactly where they are. That would get rid of a task that is pretty mundane and is liable to mistakes because there's so much, so many points of transfer of information. Another example that maybe is, is a better one You know, I was thinking about, well, what what areas am I already using artificial intelligence? And one huge area in my practice is the digital scanner. So what that means is when somebody comes in and they need a crown, which is something that a laboratory fabricates, in the past I would take an impression. So that was the goopy stuff that we would put in the patient's mouth and you had to wait three or four minutes for that to harden. Then you had to take that impression, wrap it up, sterilize it, send it to the lab and the lab technician had to pour that up and then at that point they could create the crown. So along the way there was starting from discomfort for the patient to, you know, it's uncomfortable, they're wiggling, it may not be as exact as we want it, then we were sending it through the mail, which was exposing things to heat and cold and could change that, and then the technician pouring it up, there were inherent potential errors in how the material was setting and the temperature and all of that. So using a digital scanner bypasses a lot of that. So basically what I do is I have this specialized camera and I put the wand into the patient's mouth and basically take pictures of the tooth that I have prepared for the cap or the crown. And at any point if the patient's uncomfortable, I just pull it out and wait a minute and then I can put it back in again and the machine doesn't forget what information I already put in there. And the machine puts all of that information together to show what my preparation of the tooth looks like. So then a lot of patients like to take a look at it, and they can see exactly what I've done. The other important part of it is I also am able to take a picture of the top teeth and the bottom teeth and how they bite together, So for materials in dentistry, you need different thicknesses. So something like gold can be very thin, but a lot of people don't like a gold crown. So the white porcelain crowns, you need to get more thickness. So the machine will actually tell me in every area of the tooth exactly how much thickness I have. So I can either at that point change my mind about what material I'm going to use Or I can go back and adjust that in the mouth to create a little more room.
0: Bernice, I think I know where the answer to this is going, but who makes the final decision? The artificial intelligence or the dentist? In this case, you. I think that what you're talking about is that this stuff is all designed to help you make the best possible diagnosis and you make the final call in the end on what the proper course of treatment would be.
1: Exactly, and I make that decision with the patient. So there is also information out there where artificial intelligence could make the decision about what is the best material to use for this crown. And in the future, we can even input, you know, patient habits and the pH of their saliva, and there's all sorts of factors we could put in there. But the bottom line is, if that machine comes back to me and says, gold is the best material, and I say to my patient, well, the machine says that you should have a gold crown, and my patient says, no way am I spending this much money for a gold crown. I want it to look like my other teeth. So that's something that the machine doesn't know And the patient and I then can have a discussion. That's the other thing that the machine definitely can't do. So patients have questions. Patients have concerns. They want to learn more about it. Artificial intelligence can help me show them. That's where it comes in. So I can actually have them look at the scan with me and say, this is why I came to that decision. And then the patient can say, well, you know, but I really want a white crown. What can we do to make, make sure I get a white crown? And then there are some options that we have at that point. So that is always going to be true that our interactions with the patients are way more important than the machine decisions.
0: As we talk about artificial intelligence and dentistry with Dr. Bernice Shafarik from Shafarik Dental in Columbia. Bernice, you gave me a long list here. I think there's like uh, 11 or so applications in dentistry. We've hit a couple. Just uh, keep on going on that, let people understand how these help you make the proper diagnosis.
1: So um, another area that I think a lot of us are already exposed to, especially because of companies like Invisalign that have advertisements all over, Invisalign is a way to do orthodontics that has become much more computerized. And there are all sorts of things within orthodontics that can be delegated to artificial intelligence. So the whole idea with braces, straightening, changing the bite, is you want to envision what your final result is. So... Invisalign gave us a way to input the information. So I take a scan of the person's mouth and then tell them, tell the machine what things the patient wants to change, and then the computer created a series of steps, and you can show the patient what the computer thinks the final result is. What will always be true is that is, little bit of a theoretical result, but it is really helpful, especially when you are the orthodontist and you're thinking with a young child, I have to create space here. Should I just move teeth or should I take a tooth out? We've learned that you kind of want to save as many teeth as possible, so then you can input all of that data into the computer and say, show me a model that tells me you know, how it will look if I take teeth out, how it will look if I don't take teeth out, What? how do I get to my final result. Now, these are all models, and I was actually thinking about my topic this morning when I was watching the weather, because there are computerized models in weather. I mean, we use them all the time, and it's always interesting to me to have the weatherman put up three different models and then say... I'm inclined to think this is the one to go with.
0: They did that last night, and none of them were right. Nobody thought we'd get the amount of snow that's on the ground this morning. So let me just take that back to dentistry with artificial intelligence. Is all this AI that you're getting always reliable?
1: So it it will become more and more reliable the more data we can put into the system, and that's a challenge because... In dentistry, we still have a lot of private practitioners working in their office, and there's no centralized area that gets all the data. So if we use the Invisalign example, Invisalign gets scans from patients across the world, so millions and millions, and then they go ahead and predict their treatment, and at the end of an Invisalign case, we make a decision of do we want to continue or do are we satisfied with the result we as the dentist in along with the patient make that decision if we decide that we don't like the result we take a new scan and send it back so now all of a sudden the Invisalign company has a lot of data about what about that case worked the way it was supposed to and what didn't so what they've done constantly over the years is change certain things, and the reason you can do that is because you have lots and lots of data that's a problem in dentistry because for two for two reasons: one, we don't work with big populations like a hospital does, and we also do not have centralized electronic records. So I mentioned before there is a committee. And the American Dental Association has one. The FDA is working on this because they used to only do products. Well, now they have to start thinking about um, accepting, certifying, licensing software also. So we need standards for what we think is safe, reliable, and protects the privacy of the patient.
0: So you've got this long list of all these applications in dentistry, so many good examples of how, how artificial intelligence is used in dentistry. Give me some more examples.
1: Well, those are good examples, but what I find interesting, Wayne, is the perfect example that we just had with the weather, that you can create models in artificial intelligence, but then it can all go out the window if the environment changes. So we got this storm, even though... Nobody thought that we were really getting snow. So none of us wants to be caught in that position. I'm sure the meteorologists don't like it when that happens, but that's what we have to accept as reality. So what is so useful with artificial intelligence are situations where you have a lot of factors to consider, And you need to keep all those things in mind as you come to a diagnosis. So, for example, with temporomandibular joint dysfunction, that is a very painful condition that is difficult to diagnose because there's so many different factors. So there have been some studies done, and what they'll do is look at an MRI of a joint and take a look at 33 different parameters things that you can see in that MRI and then look at function pain level anxiety level other medical conditions so if you can get all of that information you know and throw it into a pot basically throw it into a machine that will use artificial intelligence, it can come to a conclusion about what things lead to the bad result of people having pain.
0: And how do the results of what you throw into the machine show up? Are they just on a computer screen in some readable fashion?
1: So, you know, there's different areas. So right now, for example, within my own office, I can take an x-ray that shows me the shape of the joint, I can ask the patient about their symptoms, their history, I can ask them about their medical history, but in these studies they were able to actually go into electronic health records so that they had a very realistic view of what the patient's actual medical history is, because sometimes we in dentistry run into the problem that patients are telling us about their medical history, basically from memory, and they may not always give us all the factors. So, this study was able to take a look at all of those factors and then print out a report. So, basically, the machine looked at all of these factors and printed out a report saying what they thought the diagnosis should be. They compared to specialists who kind of did the same thing, but by hand you know that they looked at the x-rays they made the interpretations and there was very good agreement they also did the same thing with um, some other areas in oral surgery where or uh, cancer detection tumor detection where they looked at what the machine results came up with and what the trusted specialists came up with and there was very good agreement The difference sometimes is that the machine does it a whole lot faster. So that is tempting. You know, if I had a machine that ran through all the x-rays and screened out where there were no problems and where there were some problems, then that is a benefit.
0: Well, I remember back in the prehistoric times when Dr. Grippo took out my wisdom teeth And as far as I know, he just yanked them, and, you know, after that I was fine. I've had no trouble since. But nowadays with AI, can you predict the chance of nerve damage?
1: So what we can do is use the technology to figure out how close a tooth is to the nerve. And so that area is getting better and better about trying to predict that. And that's really important because I personally had a patient who was told by the oral surgeon that, you know, we're not going to take that tooth out because it's so close to the nerve that there's a risk of numbness. Well, that patient actually ended up losing both the wisdom tooth and the two molars in front and ended up having to have implants. And his opinion was, I would have preferred to have the numbness for a lifetime than to have to have lost those teeth. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. but so another area where artificial intelligence can help us is to get better informed consent. So we're telling patients or the oral surgeon is that this tooth looks close to the nerve on a two-dimensional x-ray. There's a risk, but we really don't know how high the risk is. So we're not really giving them great information if we're just looking at the x-ray. If we have a means of actually having a machine measure how far away the tooth is from the nerve, there's still no guarantee that you won't end up with some nerve damage. But we can more predictably tell the patient, it looks like your chance is 20% or something. And then that, I think, is more useful information because Before artificial intelligence, before being able to measure all those things, we are telling patients we think there's a risk, but we really are not sure how high that risk is.
0: I don't think I'm breaking new ground by saying that some kids aren't big fans of going to the dentist. Heck, some adults aren't either. But by the same token, I know of some kids who just, you know, take it because they've been educated properly by their parents and by their dentists. And I'm wondering whether this concept of artificial intelligence using the technology to improve dental care, are there ways that AI can actually make the experience for a child better or less uncomfortable?
1: Yes. So, for example, um, when, right now when we're charting, we have, to ha- we have to be in the patient's mouth and we have to be using our Explorer, and some kids find that scary, whereas scanning using a digital camera and they can watch the image show up on the screen, that is huge. You know, over the years, our comparison of that is sometimes when we have an anxious child, We'll pull the mirror down and have them watch what we're doing. And that sometimes makes a huge difference. It also has the benefit of showing them, for example, you have some plaque here. This is where you're not really brushing as well as you could. And seeing that on a machine can make a big difference. You still have to have that human interaction of, prepping the child and saying, you know, we're going to use this machine and here's what it's like and there's a little light and it's going to buzz and, you know, whatever you need to to explain it to them. But once you use it, most patients, and my biggest example is my um, digital impressions, you know, they, they pretty much find that fascinating and a lot of adults do also because they can actually see what I'm seeing and it's amplified and magnified.
0: Of course I guess you could also use artificial intelligence to create pictures of dinosaurs and distract the kids and they're happy and have a good experience. Bernice, are there challenges to implementing artificial intelligence with dentistry? Yes,
1: yeah, so as always, um there are challenges and a lot of and and sometimes the challenges are an advantage also, which is interesting, but so uh we work in smaller offices, so a big challenge is always cost-effectiveness, that if you're, we're all buying this expensive equipment to evaluate and use artificial intelligence, it's, it's quite the burden. So if you have a very large clinic or a dental school or a medical school or a hospital, then buying things like that gets a little easier in dentistry though we have what i would call less political influence so if you're in the hospital setting or the dental school setting there's a lot of people vying for the same funds and this you know everybody has something that they think is important and the decisions become tougher sometimes But cost is a big issue. Another challenge is to get the data that we need. So, for example, when we talked about the weather models, nobody's going to get upset if a machine is monitoring atmospheric pressure or, you know, uh, whatever it is that they monitor. But it has no personal connection. Whereas even in the studies that they've tried to do for – detecting oral cancers, you need to have the patient's permission. And that's sometimes a very difficult thing when you're dealing with someone who has a tumor, for example, and it's been growing and it's a stressful situation. It's hard to stop and get the information that would really help us detect that in other people. So those concerns and also safety and privacy concerns because when we get the data we need to give us useful models, it's always attached to a person. And that person needs to feel comfortable that whatever we're doing is safe, but it's also private, that their information is not going to be given to someone else. So that's part of the standardization process is to make sure that we have safeguards in place. So, for example, in our office, when we have to send some information to another, to a specialist about the patient, that is sent through an encrypted site so that the rest of the internet world cannot see that.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing that uh, the internet spies out there don't really care if I have a cavity and a bicuspid, but by the same token, Yeah, you're using computers, cyberspace, artificial intelligence, much more. I would think that the Internet security and the privacy on this thing is a major concern.
1: It is. And, I mean, when you think back to our epidemics, HIV or COVID, you know, people didn't really want the whole world to know, for example, you know, if they were positive for HIV, and rightfully so, because there were cultural attitudes and things that we're changing because people who had no need to have that information were getting a hold of that information. So that is always going to be uppermost in our minds to make sure we protect the data and that we're, whenever we share data for a research project or whatever, that we're sharing them privately and safely. And the other challenge is we definitely need to preserve the human interaction. So, we really have to always keep in mind that, you know, well, I sent all of this information to my lab, for example, with my digital impression machine, and they sent me back a crown that they say will work because all the parameters were met. Well, they may not realize something about my patient that I know. So, I would need to tell them, for example, this patient clenches and grinds constantly. So having a machine decide, the machine would need to know that to be able to make the decision about the material. So that's where I would always have to be sure that whatever machine was coming to a conclusion had all of the relevant information.
0: Nary, a visit with Dr. Shafarik goes by without an update on what's going on with the Seratimus Club. And on April Fool's Day, you've got a big event going on. Do tell.
1: We do. So for the last 15 years or so, we've been doing a, um, a fundraiser that was called the Heart to Heart Ball. Well, this year, we have changed it up a little bit, and it's still going to be the same type of event, but we're calling it the Toast to Women Gala. And it will be held on April 1st. The things that are the same is we will have live music with the Shared Soul Band. We will have the appetizers. We'll have a silent and live auction, all of this to raise funds for our Live Your Dream programs. But we have changed the name. And in concert with that, um, we will be presenting an award to a woman in the community who has made an impact through her work with an organization. And when we've been doing that award for quite some time too. And the woman who receives the award gets a donation to her nonprofit organization. So here's where we could use help from the general public. If you know of a woman who is involved in making changes in the lives of women and girls through their volunteer charitable efforts, then we would like to reward that woman and award her nonprofit also.
0: So we've broken down what this whole concept Bernice is of artificial intelligence is. What are the advantages to using AI in dentistry?
1: So the one huge advantage can be that there it can be increased accuracy and reduced errors. So with my example of charting, if we don't have several parties involved, me reading off what the fillings are in the patient's mouth, the assistant hearing what I'm saying, and then her transferring it to the computer. There are areas for mistakes to be made there, whereas if you use a scanner that just shows the computer what fillings are in there, as long as you have an appropriate program that can read the different materials, then you have the ability to have a very accurate system. You also then have the ability to follow information. So if we have enough information about patients who have used a certain filling material and then you have information about how often that ends up being replaced, then you have some useful information about what the best material in that patient's mouth is, so that's an easier process sometimes when the machine makes the decision. As we said before, we always have to come back to the patient and make sure that the patient's comfortable with what we're going to do and that I'm comfortable with what we're going to do, but there's definitely the ability if a machine is reading something to make fewer errors
0: well, I'm guessing that on the very basis of, of, of obvious information that we all know what an X-ray is and what that means in a dentist office. I think we've all had them at one point or other, some some more than other people. That, I think, is one of the earlier forms of artificial intelligence. But that being said, what maybe is the newest form of AI that you use in your office? What's something you're using now that maybe you weren't using a year ago?
1: So it's not that level of quickness in implementation. Um, So the newest thing that I'm using that involves artificial intelligence is the digital impression machine, which I've been using for quite a while. Another area is Invisalign that we talked about where I can send uh, computer-generated information about the patient to the company and they can create um, a means for me to help that patient get straight teeth. There are machines that are being created now to do the kind of thing that I was talking about, where, for example, the charting of what's in the patient's mouth. Those are not really in use yet. A lot of this that I've been talking about is still being done in the academic setting, which is super useful because another area that I can mention is In dental schools, as in a lot of other areas, there's a problem with getting enough professors and personnel to teach the students. So if, for example, with x-rays, you can have a machine that has evaluated what the differences in density are and and where there is a change in the x-ray, you could have a student work with that machine and the student could input what they thought and the machine could come back and say, you didn't notice this or you didn't notice this. And so that is happening more so in the academic field. And the other areas of concern that we talked about still have to be worked out. So standardization and HIPAA compliance, privacy of the patients, those are all things we're still dealing with. The other thing that is happening is, in order for us to be able to use this artificial intelligence, we have to have a dental manufacturing company create the equipment that's gonna help us to do this. Right now, they don't have enough customers for them to be able to create that equipment because it still would be would not be as cost effective.
0: Well reiterating what I think you said earlier today too is I think one of the real advantages of this AI in dentistry is the ability to get results quicker. So whereas maybe 20 years ago, we had to wait a little longer, maybe more than a day, to find out what the answer to the dental problem is, can't you get that now a lot quicker?
1: Um, Yes. So there are areas where you can, and one of the most important ones that I think probably the general population has experienced is with cancer progression. So if we looked at Oral cancers. They now have means to look at things with um, a machine that can evaluate how much of a change there is from point A, you know, to two months down the road or something like that. So those are crucial areas of information to help keep people healthy. We're not there yet in terms of making decisions about dental materials because we have to invest in the machinery and we need the standardization. So we're a little bit futuristic in what we're talking about right now.
0: Does AI give you one definitive response or answer, or does it give you multiple options and you've got to pick the one you think is the best?
1: So it can give you that. So I envision that if I were using more of this machinery to help me make a decision, I would look at all the data, and that's more useful to me that if a machine gave me a lot of different data. For example, if we think about bone loss and gum and bone infection, the way we diagnose that is with bone loss. How much bone loss has the patient experienced? Right now, we're like looking at x-rays, and it's not really standardized, and we're looking at the patient's whole environment and their habits, their medical history, all of that, to help determine what their risk is and how often we should be seeing them to try to help treat their disease. So if we have machinery that can evaluate a lot of that, it would make our decisions easier. I mean, We still need to be looking at the patient, but there are, for example, areas now where people are looking at immune factors and things that we find in blood tests that are a part of different diseases, and they're looking at, are those same factors present in people who have more bone loss than others? So then that would help us make decisions, and not only us as practitioners, but it can also be a great... Benefit with insurance companies because right now we still have a lot of person to person interaction. If we have machines that are keeping track of the density of the x rays and how quickly things are changing, and we can get that instantaneously to the insurance company, then they would have an easier time just writing back to us, yeah, this is a procedure that's covered because it meets all of these parameters. Now, it's very frustrating for dentists and for patients because sometimes when you want to have a procedure done, we're mailing in or emailing the the pre-estimate and, you know, if it's something that looks a little different, they need to have a consultant evaluate it. So all of that is slowed down, whereas if we had the artificial intelligence in place to get that information to them, we could conceivably, be more accurate in what we know will be covered and what won't be covered.
0: I think the first time that I heard the term artificial intelligence is when the movie came out titled Artificial Intelligence in 2001. It starred Jude Law, Sam Robards, William Hurt, Haley Joel Osment, and others as well. What's your background in the history of that phrase? It certainly goes back before 2001.
1: Well, I definitely had to look it up because I wasn't sure when it was developed as a phrase, and it turns out that the discussion started in the 1940s, and the actual term artificial intelligence was coined by John McCarthy in 1956 at a conference in Dartmouth. So the concept itself has been along for quite some time, and then and I think 1959. There was another person whose name I don't have in front of me, who coined the term machine learning, and they those concepts then were built from there.
0: A little different approach to our shows on dentistry with Dr. Bernice Shafarik from Shafarik Dental discussing artificial intelligence and dentistry. Good stuff, Bernice. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Wayne.
0: Dr. Bernice Shafarik from Shafarik Dental in Columbia. 14 WILI Willimannic and 95.3 FM.